This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And we're back with another edition of The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. We're here to cover not really a specific Cleveland team today, but something I think you all will really enjoy, and that's fantasy football. Now... I could give sit here and give you my best guesses on what's going to happen this year with fantasy football, but I decided I better reach out to someone who maybe is a little bit more educated on the subject because I don't play fantasy football uh, because in the past I've got my heart broken because I always pick Browns players, yada, yada, yada. I decided to go ahead and reach out to Zach Brunner. He's the founder of Flurry Sports. He's a... I mean, the dude's a true fantasy football genius. Um, he's a top-ranked betting sports betting expert. Uh, he's an O-line coach. He has his own podcast, the Flurry Sports Pod. Go subscribe to that. Go listen to that. Some great stuff. Go follow him on Twitter, at Fantasy Flurry. Um, and go follow his other account, uh, Flurry Sports. Um, it gives you the latest and greatest his stuff for the NFL, NBA, MLB, college football, WWE, esports, PGA, whatever. But yeah, today we're gonna have Zach Brunner on the show. Uh, tell you, I answer some fantasy football questions you all threw at us, and then just kind of talk about fantasy football in general this year. So yeah, welcome Zach Brunner. All right, welcome Zach. Uh, why don't you, if if you want, you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, or whatever it is you want to. Sure. So uh, I have been in the fantasy sports, I guess, community for a while now. Uh, recent college grad from Wisconsin. I created the company Flurry Sports two years ago. We just celebrated our second year anniversary at the beginning of July. Congratulations. So, thanks, thanks. It's definitely something I wasn't wasn't planning on but i'm very excited that it's working out um yeah we just cover a lot of sports there fantasy sports betting i also write betting i'm a betting expert over at FanDuel, at the duel and at betting pros if you know fantasy pros they started a new betting branch company i guess you could say called betting pros i'm an expert over there as well okay so i'm pr- pretty much live and breathe fantasy sports and betting right now Hey, that's a good. That's a good thing to be in right now. It's very, it's very up and coming for sure. Yeah, right, right. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um. Well, 
make sure you guys go follow him. He's on Twitter. We've been tweeting back and forth the past few days. And he's just got some great content out there. But, Zach, we're going to go ahead and get started. I We have some great listener questions that I want to get to in a little bit. and um, But I just want to start kind of basic. Like, if you were in a draft this year, um, we'll just go ahead and say it's not a dynasty um, where it's, okay. you know, year to year because – that we you don't really have a great first round pick, but if you're just in a ESPN fantasy league and you're up, who are you taking? Like, okay, so who are you taking with like your first few picks, and then maybe like your mid round pick, maybe like a dark horse end of the first round guy that's just maybe not really out there on everyone's radar right now. Sure. So if you are locked in with one of the first four picks in the draft, I think you have to go running back. I think there's four very solid running backs this year with Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, and Kamal. Mm-hmm. After that, it's kind of wide open in my personal point of view. I still like to lean running back with my first-round pick. So even if we're picking, you know, 8, 9, 10 in the first round, I think you can go for a James Conner, a Le'Veon Bell. Um, I would even pick David Johnson over uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, who are popular uh, mid first round picks, I'd go him over them. Wow! So, yeah. uh, I think he has a legitimate chance at a one thousand rushing, one thousand receiving season this year. Uh, it, it looks good for him, all things considered. Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, I like to go running back first round. Otherwise, after that, I feel pretty, pretty open. Uh, take the best available. Do whatever you got to do. Um, I, I typically. If I take a running back first round, I like to go wide receiver second or tight end if if uh, Travis Kelsey appears for me. But yeah, within within the first four rounds, I would say make sure you have a running back on your team. Probably don't need to have a quarterback yet. Otherwise, take best available. All right, awesome. I uh, I actually like the David Johnson. David Johnson, excuse me, <laughs> as a dark horse. Uh, I don't know how everyone else feels, but I'm a very big Kyler Murray fan. Uh, I hear the argument. He's small. Watch him take one hit and be down. I mean, when you're that small, he's so mobile that I think he's going to take hits less hard than a big guy like Big Ben maybe because he's able to evade the hit a little bit more. I don't know if you're a big fan of Kyler Murray. Kind of. I guess we'll segue into this. If you're picking a quarterback... In the later rounds, would you feel comfortable drafting a Kyler Murray, or do you feel more comfortable drafting someone that's already proven he can do it in the NFL? I'm totally fine taking Kyler Murray as long as the value is right. I, I see a lot of people getting overexcited about Kyler Murray right now. Obviously, first overall pick, there's going to be a lot of hype on him. He's right now going as a 12th quarterback overall, which I think is fine, just because we've seen how uh, Russian quarterbacks rack up those fantasy points quickly. We saw how Lamar Jackson did it last year, and Lamar Jackson can't throw a pass. I I think all my fans agree with you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's trash. I'll I'll say that. I'm fine with that. But um, Kyler Murray, I think he's NFL ready. I think he's fine. I like the point that you're saying about how a smaller guy can take a hit better. You know, he's not going to take a hit usually – head on he'll probably learn how to take a hit he can fall you've seen the Peyton Manning he's the most ungraceful person ever yep. but he can take a hit exactly Mark Murray can do that mm-hmm. so um 
I mean, if Kyler Murray's there in like, I would say ninth round, I would take him. But I'm a I'm the kind of guy that waits at quarterback. I'm one of the last people to take a quarterback always. And I'm a Packer fan. I hate the Cowboys, but I've been leaning towards Dak Prescott in pretty much every single draft this year. He's going nearly undrafted, and he finishes top ten or right there every single year. I don't know why people aren't putting him higher. That the one thing I'll say about Dak, and sometimes when I watch him, I just think that's just a terrible throw. I think he's been in some terrible offensive systems, and the dude finds a way to win, and he helps you. He helps find fantasy guys a way to win. I mean, I like your point there. Waiting, you know, in the past, when I did used to play fantasy football, I'd wait, and I'd wait, and then I'd get a guy like Matthew Stafford, who, I mean, I, has there ever been a better Pat Statting quarterback that's never won anything important <laughs> than him? I don't know. But, uh, um, yeah, I... That was actually one of my questions. I'm glad you answered it. Is the quarterback thing is I mean, like you said, most people wait. Some people, and I know it, there will be probably one person in every draft that takes a Patty Mahomes round one, and uh, I mean he's going right. to do great for you. But you know the value of having an Ezekiel Elliott or a Saquon Barkley, you know, in the first round is much higher, I think, value wise for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I. Um. So we were talking about running backs a little bit earlier, and I just want your opinion on it because I know Nick Chubb's not a great receiving back, and the top fantasy running backs are backs that can run the ball well, which Nick Chubb can, and receive the ball very well. Um, Nick Chubb's not an elite receiving back. It's he has a flaw. It's that's what it is, Browns fans. Where do you kind of see him being a safe pick in this year's draft? Um, Chubb's a really interesting case simply because you have that looming monster, I guess, as a, of a Kareem Hunt that's coming back at the mm-hmm. second half of the season. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the way I'm approaching it is kind of just forgetting he's there because if Chubb's good enough, Kamara's or not Kamara, uh, Kareem. Hunt's gonna, yeah. uh, Kareem's going to stay off the field. Uh, if Chubb isn't playing well for whatever reason, that's how Hunt finds his way on the field. So I'm fine with taking Nick Chubb at the end of the second round. I think he's a viable top option at running back for you. I think he's a better receiver than you're giving him credit for. I don't think he's great by any means. I mean, there's still a reason why Duke Johnson's still on the team and they want to keep him. But I, I, I think he can be used well and, as long as he can pass block, quite honestly, you guys have enough wide receivers <laughs> that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I might being I might be being a little critical. Now it's you know when you finally have a roster that's not pieced together with thirty three year old veterans who just got stuck on the Browns and then rookies that can't play like Deshaun Kaiser. I guess I'm just being nitpicky, but I mean Nick Chubb's one of the better running backs we've had there, and yeah. So end of the second round, I mean that's still high value on a. You know, a Browns player, in my opinion. Uh, sticking with the Browns, um, where do you see, like, do you think that the other Browns wide receivers, like the Antonio Callaways, Jarvis Landry, even Njoku and uh, Higgins and Jarvis, I don't know if I already said Jarvis, sorry. Um, do you see their value going higher, lower, or staying the same with, you know, getting a receiver with the status of Odell Beckham Jr.? How do you feel about that? 
I would say the ones that are going to struggle the most with the presence of Odell coming in would be the Callaway, the Higgins. They're just simply not going to be on the field as often because OBJ, you know, assuming he's healthy, which is, I guess, a big assumption, he's going to play 80, 90 percent of the snaps every single week mm-hmm. and Landry's the same way even though they play very similarly I would assume they work that out just fine but Landry I think I think he's going to take a little step down because he's just been a target monster throughout his whole career obviously he doesn't score touchdowns he soaks up targets gets the you know from 20 to 20 he gets all the passes then from the red zone in, he gets ignored yeah um Last year, he finished as wide receiver 19, I think. Right now, he's going as wide receiver 25. I think that's about right. I think he's a solid option. I think he's reliable. But he'll have his weeks where he goes off, and I think he's a good enough route runner where he'll still find the targets to be safe enough. Um, and then Njoku is I'm, – I'm not a huge Njoku fan. I haven't watched enough tape on him, quite honestly. But when I watch him, I'm just not impressed. But he's still being valued the exact same way as he finished last season. He's tight end nine, so he's being valued as a top option. I think he saw 89 targets or something like that last year, which is a lot. There's zero chance he gets the same amount again this year. Yeah. But, uh, the biggest thing I can say with him is Jarvis Landry and Odell are tiny players. So if they get in the red zone and the defenses load the box, and Joe, who's a big red zone target, he'll find touchdowns. That's the biggest thing with him. If he can be a touchdown-dependent player with 65 targets, I think he can finish as a top 10 tight end. I think that's I think that's where he has to be. And then Odell's just being overvalued. I don't get why everyone's in love with Odell right now. He's still being drafted as a wide receiver five, and he wasn't even at that level last year when he was the number one target. Yeah, I... I really enjoy watching Odell Beckham Jr. play but you know when I think of the top receivers in the NFL truthfully I first think of Julio Jones and then sad to say it as a Browns fan I think Antonio Brown and then you know Hopkins Michael Thomas so you know that's I I know I only named four but Odell Beckham does need to come out and prove his worth Um, like you said him and Jarvis are both target monsters I mean they just get targets uh, more than anybody, like, you know, just even if it's not there, you saw, I don't know, you didn't see it, but people listening would see, you know, Baker force the issue to Jarvis a little bit often. And, you know, it worries me, but I, I have hope that they can make that click together. Um, So would you pretty much say that Callaway and Higgins are end of the draft, if not even just picked up off waivers type of players this year? Yeah, I, I don't think you need to touch them in drafts. I think he, they can be bi-week fill-ins, and I would. it's tough to project injuries and stuff like that, but you can assume OBJ or Landry miss a game and they'll come in. I think Callaway's extremely talented. There's just only so many targets to go around. Yeah, and when you're a, when you're a guy like that, I mean, he's going to be used basically strictly as a burner. Uh, that's yeah. just, I, I mean, you're really putting all your chips in on something right there. You know, he's not an elite route runner. He's not very big, so you're really hoping on like you're putting your chips in on a lot of things right there. But um, that's pretty much all the offensive Browns players. I do want to touch on the Browns defense real quick. Um, 
I don't even want to talk about their kickers because they won't be drafted. And if they are, the person needs to get out of fantasy football. Um, do you, when you factor into picking a defense, do you rely heavily on like their returners, or do you basically just focus on what can my actual defense get me? And where do you see the Browns in the kind of rankings of that? I don't really think about returners that often unless there's someone extremely elite like a Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's going to take one back at some point. You just don't know when. And that week you're going to be very happy because they could give up 50 points on the scoreboard and you'd still have a good fantasy week. <laughs> so yeah. he's just weighted heavily. But So I don't really concern myself with that so often. I would concern myself with the playmakers, the guys who can make a big play at the end of the game whether it's a block field goal or, you know, force a fumble, do whatever you got to do. Because that's what gets you fantasy points. Yards does not matter for most leagues. I guess some leagues do. And then I think about who they have to play. So are they going to be playing – like Denver is a great defense this year, but they have to play the Chargers and the Chiefs. And Raiders are better, so good luck there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Browns, I like them a lot. I think they're an underrated group. I think they're going to be a group that does not impress week to week, but finishes the year very strong for fantasy. Um, I think they're around defensive eight for me, eight, nine. I think they're a talented group, and I think they're going to have their weeks. I think the pass rush will be good enough to take over some games. Yeah, they – I mean, it's on Cleveland Twitter. Uh, it happens every time someone's cut, released, they're on the trade block. You know, people calling for Daniels. We were just talking about this before we started recording. Daniels to go to the Browns. And, you know, if they can make that happen, it improves them a lot. I don't see a guy like Daniels wanting to come to Cleveland and share snaps. But uh, I I agree with you. I think they can be anywhere from 5th to 10th, you know, finish 8th. And defensive-wise, um, their schedule at the beginning of the year is going to be tough. The second half of it, though, I mean, that's going to be – some easy you know cardinals dolphins Bengals twice those are the kind of games that you know if you have the browns defense on your team you're salivating when you watch you're right yeah i mean it's just not gonna be pretty you hope uh this is all an assumption we've you know we've got like so many unproven players on the browns that this could all go to shit quick i truthfully don't think it will but it's still very possible anything's possible actually um I want to go on to some of the listener questions, and I'll have a couple questions probably come off of those. But um, the first one I want to talk about is from Eric Giesler. Thank you for the question, Goose. Um, he he wanted to know about Damian Williams. He said that um, many have him. He he read some where he was very high on boards. He read a couple that were late first. I don't. I mean, like that's why I have you on. You're the fantasy expert. But when I watched Damian Williams last year, I did not, I would not even sniff him in the first round. I could be wrong. What do you think of him? Damian Williams is interesting, and a, there's a there's big disparity on him. There's people who call for him, like you said, maybe middle round one, and there's people who oh. are still hesitant in round three. Um, my big thing is, from my experiences, you can hide a lot of weaknesses at running back. I think running back's the biggest position where you can hide a player's weaknesses if you have a good enough offensive coach, which Andy Reid is one of the best in the league. Yep. So I'll just start with that. 
Uh, Andy Reid has had a top, I think, 16, 16 or 14 running back in 16 of the 20 years he's been a head coach. Wow, and that's, that's just steam. I mean, it doesn't matter who's there. You can have a terrible running back, but if you, you know, have Patrick Mahomes throw it from his back foot 80 yards and they get <laughs> down at the one, give it to Damian Williams, he'll fall in the end zone, get you six points. Uh, that's so, a good point. Right. So I mean, that's just what it is. I don't think he's a top 10 talent by any means. But I think if you're worried about talent, I don't I don't think that's the right argument. I would be a little more worried about Carlos Hyde as the backup. But even still, I think he is just a backup. He's not great either. Uh, I, I have Williams as a as my running back 13. So I have him like middle round two. But I th- if you like him and if you see him at the end of round one, I have zero problem with taking him there because I think he's going to finish right around there. He's okay. in that same tier as like a Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon type of player this year. I <laughs> I think, um, especially by most of the people I talk to, Browns fans, Joe Mixon is wildly underrated. Uh, the dude, the dude's a beast. Um, he's incredible. He's yeah. he's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's kind of like a Kareem Hunt. And there's so many so talented players that do dumb things. Joe Mixon would have been one of the top picks in that draft had he not, you know, done what he did. We're not going to dwell on that, but yeah, he is he's incredible. And to put Damian Williams in that just shows you how much. <laughs> Damian Williams can do this year, I guess. I, I guess I was more th- talking about the talent-wise, and that's why I don't play Ta- fantasy talent-wise, football. Talent-wise, they're not in the same category. They're yeah. not in the same category. Joe Mixon's possibly top five in the league in talent. Yeah, he's he's absolutely incredible. And that's that's why I don't play fantasy football, because I would have said, oh, God, Damian Williams, he's not a first-round talent. And, you know, I don't take all the considerations into it. I'm very hard-headed when I draft. <laughs> but, uh... So there it is, Geisler. He, Damian Williams, second round, end of the first round. He can be special this year. I and mean, you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill. A lot yeah. of things are possible. It's all about opportunities. Yeah. And he'll have plenty of those over there. Right. Yeah, exactly. He'll be in scoring range maybe four or five times a quarter at this rate. Yeah. And he has to go against up against some good defenses, but we've seen the Chiefs can pick apart anything you throw out there. Um, exactly. So uh, the next question, and it might be a little too late for this, Jason, um, but this is a question from Jason Adams. Who who are the top keepers in fantasy? And I know most of you guys probably had to already lock that in or whatever, but um, and Zach, if you were on a dynasty league, and who were some of the guys that you're just like, other than – you know, a Zeke or a Saquon Barkley, the obvious ones. Who is a guy that's just kind of like, I wouldn't let him go. He might he might have a monster year this year. The way I have typically done my keeper leagues, so this is going to be a bad answer to start out with. I'll hopefully get around to something. Oh, you're all right. Take your time. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be bad at first. But if you can figure out who everybody else is keeping, that's how you need to base your pick on. Quite honestly. Because if everyone's keeping a wide receiver, then you probably don't need to keep a running back because you'll probably be able to draft your guy. Mm. So if as long as you can figure out who everybody else is keeping, try to strategically keep a guy that way. However, running back is the position I would default to just because there's 
such a big separation in talent. Once you get past the first four, five, six guys, there's a pretty big drop-off, whereas wide receiver, there's going to be maybe 10 wide receivers that aren't even thought about being drafted that finish in the top 50 this year. So you can find those gems at wide receiver throughout the season. Running back's a little tougher. I would, you know, if you have anybody who's projected in the first round at running back, that's like a Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, David Johnson we talked about, Le'Veon Bell, even James Conner, Todd Gurley is a little iffy. Uh, He's a scary situation this year with arthritic knees. But, uh, yeah, I would default to running back if you have to choose and you don't know what your league mates are doing. Okay. Okay, I really really like that answer. The first one with kind of see who – it's. I mean, it's kind of like you're being the GM of a team. You got to see like what's on the market, and I really like that answer. So that's his answer. See what's on the market. You know, if everyone's keeping a wide receiver, obviously, you know you're gonna want to. You're gonna be able to maybe draft that running back, and um, but if not, his default is a running back because we all know the value of a running back in the fantasy football leagues is outrageously awesome. Um. Okay, this is a good one from Susan Fisher. We already talked touched up on Ninjoku. You know, he's maybe a top ten tight end, and I didn't get to it earlier. I agree with you. Um, until he can fix his catching problem, he he just drops too many easy balls. He makes a lot of amazing plays where you think, "Wow, this kid's a special talent," and then he won't do the the simple little thing. So I agree with you that. And it's going to be hard for him to find targets. But anyway, went off a little bit there. Who is your best tight end available? Um, or maybe your few. Um, I'm going to give mine right now. I love George Kittle. I think the guy's just ridiculous. Um, and this year having, oh, I can't even remember what that kid's name was. Nick Mullins as your quarterback will probably only help you. But uh, who are your favorite tight ends? And, you know, where would you feel comfortable taking your tight ends uh tight end has typically been a position you wait to draft you almost hate to draft because they're you know if they don't get a touchdown that week you're screwed but the tight end position has emerged lately and i think there's a top two and then after that it's kind of you know whatever you get travis kelsey's the best tight end in the league it's not really close he was the best route running tight end even with gronk in the league and then you're on the best offense. He's in scoring position all the time. He's a go-to target. He's number one. And you can make a case for him to be taken in round one. I would take him kind of at the turn. So at the beginning of round two, I think is a good spot for Travis Kelsey. And then the second best tight end to me is Zach Ertz. He is the go-to target of Carson Wentz. So not often you get tight ends that are the number one receiving threat on the team. That's what these two guys are. So, Zach Ertz is going to soak up targets. He's the focus in the red zone. He gets ridiculous amount of red zone looks. And then after that, I do have George Kittle as my third. I think he's a pretty distant third, though. I think he's an absolute beast. I just don't like the offensive scheme for him. Mm -hmm. uh, Last year, it was him and a bunch of guys. I mean, there was nobody else on the team to throw to. And... Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't default to the tight end like Mullins does. 
Uh, you got Dante Pettis, who's emerging supposedly in training camp. So I just think scheme-wise, there he's not going to be the go-to guy all the time. He is still my number three, but I wouldn't take him until uh, I, I wouldn't take him until round four, four okay. or five. But a lot of people are taking him in three, so I will. I won't end up with George Kittle on my teams this year. People are seeing Kelsey and Ertz go off so early, and they're kind of panicking because they don't think they're going to get their guys, so they reach for Kittle, mm-hmm. which is fa- it's fair. He's incredible. We saw what he did, I think, against the Broncos. Yeah. Last year, somebody he went for two hundred yards and a half. It was crazy. I yeah I he uh watching him last year really makes me hope that you know Hawkinson and Fant also coming from Iowa can show up because I love watching tight ends. Uh, they're some of the most talented people and you know, being able to block I mean, the ones that can block well and receive well. But uh, I like your point about George Kittle's offensive system and you know with Travis Kelsey. And all you Cleveland fans, you know you love him because he loves the city of Cleveland. But the dude is so good. I thought he had a really, really, really bad AFC championship game. But, yeah. I mean, things happen. You you have a bad game. You are human, believe it or not. And his, I mean, like, it's just like Damian Williams opportunities. And, it's, and Patrick Mahomes can find you with either hand um, falling from either way. <laughs> throwing it however he wants so susan there's your answer on tight ends and where to take them great answer zach um i did not get who this question was from but we got a question about the best deep sleepers in this draft so um i'm gonna go ahead and say like maybe that 10th or whatever round pick where you take him and everyone on your team's just kind of like what's this idiot doing Um, now I know some people would probably just wait and claim them off the waivers, but if someone were to draft them that late and be a sleeper, who are kind of your guys? And, you know, you don't have to give up your answers if you're in a league and people might listen to this, but maybe just like one or two guys that you think might be that. I'm I'm fine with giving my answers. Uh, the position I'm so intrigued by this year, and maybe you caught this already talking about it. I really like the tight end position. Normally people just take whoever and hope for a touchdown. I think this this position is so incredibly deep this year, especially with these veteran guys. So you have, like, Greg Olson is sometimes not even getting drafted. He's tight end 13 right now. Jimmy Graham is tight end 14, and he has a coach who's not a complete moron now and actually (laughs) knows how to use a Bubba Packer fan, I could say it. (laughs) McCarthy's the worst coach of the league last year. Oh, Cleveland Uh, fans were calling for Dorsey's head when he wasn't hired right away. Uh, I was. I wish you guys hired him because <laughs> I'm telling you, McCarthy does not know how to use a tight end despite being a tight end coach to start his career. He's an idiot. Yeah, I won't disagree uh, with you. But Jimmy Graham's going to be featured in this offense. That's what the floor wants to do. And then Jordan Reed is the best receiving threat on Washington still. He's tight end 17. He's not getting drafted. Jason Winton comes out of retirement. He was a top 10 tight end two years ago. He's not getting drafted. So, like, all these guys are going to be probably starting level tight ends for most weeks and they're not even getting looked at. I really like those guys. A uh, couple of receivers I just like. I like Tyrell Williams in Oakland. He came over from the Chargers. Deshaun Hamilton is going crazy in Denver training camp right now. I think he's a second-year player. He's making like one-handed Odell Beckham catches right now. He's great. Wow. Uh, 
Marquise Lee just came back from injury. He was out all last year. He's there for the Jaguars, and Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Blake Bortles, believe it or not, so I think he's going to be okay. Um, John Brown in Buffalo, he's not getting looked at. Josh Allen's going to target him deep. Frank Gore's in Buffalo. He continues to play well. He's, despite being like 50 or 60 years old, I think. I think he's fighting Father Tom, Father Time better than Tom, to be honest, because he's got a rougher job, and he's just still trucking along. Yeah, like he just doesn't slow down. I don't understand how. He just runs through people. My buddy he's was making monster. fun of, my buddy was making fun of the Bills for getting Lamar Jackson, I'm choose Lamar Miller and uh, Frank Gore, you know, making fun of Frank Gore for being old. I'm like, Frank Gore is still one of the better just turn turn around, hand it to him, he's going to get a few yards kind of guys. I mean, he's never going to break one for 99 like Derrick Henry, but Frank Gore could still get it done somehow. Yeah, yeah, I I will never doubt him again. People started <laughs> doubting him like five, six years ago, and he's been just as good. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. Yeah, those are my sleepers. All right, I like those. There's a couple like Marquise Lee, I truthfully wasn't even thinking about i i really like that answer um here's here's another good one from sports world retweet on twitter he said any gambles worth potentially taking so maybe like a guy that's going to be drafted later but you're just thinking oh i better take him now i'm scared this guy right beside me is going to take him who who are those guys for you one this is a big gamble and i'm gonna do it in at least one league, <laughs> as long as this opportunity is still there. I think you got to take Josh Gordon. He, he's going to be – he can be reinstated literally any day. I'm surprised he hasn't been reinstated yet. But he has done well in this offseason program, and if the league is trying to actually protect him, he will get reinstated. And Because this is – being in the locker room with the Patriots is the best position for him, oh, yeah. quite honestly not just, you know, anywhere else while the team's distracted with games. Cleveland so was terrible for him. Cleveland was absolutely awful for him. Right, right. And, I mean, no one's questioning the guy's talent, obviously. Oh, he's so I good. Mean, he's, he's so good. And, yeah, I, I just think you gotta you got to take a gamble on him. He's getting drafted as, let's see, it's like wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver 64. Like he's not He's not getting drafted. Oh, my. Yeah, he's not getting looked at because people are just assuming – he won't get reinstated or he'll screw up again. And I think it's worth the gamble because he could be a top five guy. Easy. Yeah, so, I, he's yeah. he's very special. Cleveland fans, you know, I mean, because Odell's never played a game with Cleveland jersey on. He's probably the most talented receiver Cleveland's ever had, in my opinion. I mean, he might not be the best, but most talented for sure. The dude is, I think, body-wise and kind of, you know, speed, his size, he reminds me so much of Julio Jones that we don't see guys that big run that well very often. Uh, he doesn't have the playability of Julio Jones, in my opinion. And he definitely doesn't have the off-field abilities of Julio Jones, but Josh Gordon's a special talent. I do have a question for you on a, a gamble sleeper. What do you think of Henry, the tight end for the Chargers? And He was out, I think, all of last year, but the last few weeks with an ACL, so that's scary. But, I mean, we did we have seen him you know, in college and such, and he's a very talented, but does an ACL like that worry you at a guy that big? I think he is, from all reports that I've heard from him in camp, and I have a 
I have one person in camp that has seen him so far uh, this off season, and he's been looking good supposedly. So I'm just going to trust that he's obviously had a lot of time to heal. Well, he hasn't had to force anything, and he's not a player that necessarily relied on his speed and shiftiness. So I don't think he's going to be taking a step back by any means. Obviously, Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. Henry was supposed to be a huge part of the offense last year, so when he went down, that was a big mess. I'm totally fine taking Hunter Henry. I, he's he's for sure a top 10 tight end for me um, with obvious top five upside. Uh, Antonio Gates isn't there anymore, and Rivers needs a big body. And obviously, if Melvin Gordon isn't going to be there as a checkdown target, that's going to be Hunter Henry or Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm totally fine with taking Henry as your starting tight end and not worrying. I don't think the knee's an issue. Does does Melvin Gordon playing like so if he plays or doesn't play, does that worry does that if he doesn't play, does that enhance Henry's um does that enhance his value because he might get more touches or do you think it's Melvin Gordon's a good enough back to dist- like take some of the pre- I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying at all. I, I think so. Like so does Hunter Henry's value differ whether Gordon's in there or not? Yeah, sorry. Can I have my tongue? <laughs> no, good. You're all good. I would say it. I don't think Hunter Henry's value necessarily goes down from where it is if Gordon plays. If Gordon's out, I think uh, Hunter Henry's value goes up simply because it's going to be Austin Eckler in there. And when Eckler's in the game, they pass the ball a lot. Even when Gordon missed last year and Eckler was the lead back, they just pass more. Mm-hmm. So obviously more passing attempts, more opportunity. That's more chances for points. Yeah. I that's that's a very good point. I the last listener question I have is from my good buddy Jack Herrick. He's a Bengals fan, so he, he has to look forward to fantasy football every year. <laughs> <laughs> right. As if I have any room to talk. Um so he said any good running back handcuffs to have? And I'm not going to lie to you, Zach. I'm going to need you to explain to me what the hell a running back handcuff is. I tried to read on it. Like I said, I don't play fantasy football, so I was all lost. I think it's when you have a backup, but I'm not quite sure. Pretty much. Pretty much you got it. Uh, I was just writing about this for FanDuel today, and I'm creating my handcuff rankings for my draft kit that I put out. So this was – I was excited to see this question. Oh, awesome. I'll so, actually – I'll um, let me know when that comes out, and I'll make sure I help share that around. Oh, definitely. Awesome, I will. But a handcuff, essentially, if you have a really high-tier running back, it's usually with running backs. It can be for other positions. But if that top guy goes down, you have the backup as an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So essentially, they would slide in and take the majority of the role that was left behind. Okay. So the top one for me is Latavius Murray in New Orleans. Uh, Mark Ingram's out of town. Latavius Murray comes in. He's going to see snaps no matter what. But if Alvin Kamara gets hurt, and Kamara's a small guy, I, I'm worried they're going to give him too much of a workload, and he's going to get banged up. Yeah. But So if he's out, Latavius Murray's going to take over the lead back role. He's going to be running. Saints actually run a lot more than people think. They're not just a high-powered passing team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the same time, Buck Allen is going to be the passing down guy. So it's going to be Latavius Murray, 
you know, the first couple downs and then Buck Allen's going to come in to be the passing down dude. So, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, good. I just have two other, or I don't know, just one other really good handcuff, and that's Austin Eckler that we're talking about. Okay. Uh, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. So if you draft Melvin Gordon in the first round, you have to get Austin Eckler. You, you just, you need to reach to get him. When Eckler's been on the field in his career, he averages 0.12 catches per snap, which is a weird stat, but that's really high. So he saw 35% of the snaps last season. If he, you know, takes over the lead back role, I think we can say he'll get 65%. That's a pretty modest amount. That would be 75 catches right there. Hmm. Uh, in the three games he missed, and Gordon missed last season, Austin Eckler had 130 snaps to Justin Jackson, who the other running back is, to his 40. So Eckler's going to be leaned on. So you need to get him. He's a good handcuff. And obviously you can look at Daryl Henderson. He's the handcuff to Todd Gurley. Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. When Hunt does come back, if something happens to Chubb, there's no question it's going to be Hunt's role. He's going to be the bell cow. Yeah. So that's the way I'd think about it. I um. So what do you think about a guy like Daryl Henderson? Um, like, would you would you still have to be a guy? Would you still think I have to get him off the waivers? I'm not going to draft a rookie running back. But with Todd Gurley's knees, does that play into effect at all? It absolutely does. I'm. I don't think anybody's going to draft Todd Gurley this year and feel good about it. Uh, we're just hoping for upside with him. Yeah. Hoping his knees are being reported as worse than they actually are. So if you take him, you have to draft Henderson. And I would probably reach for him. Like right now, I think he's going in round eight. I would make sure I take him in round seven. I don't want somebody else to take him and then you know, attempt to rip me off in a trade for him yeah. if Todd Gurley goes down. Yeah, I. all right, that's uh, – thank you for explaining to me what a handcuff is. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It, that makes a lot of sense. And you sad, sadly, and this is why you see running backs sitting out all the time. I know it's they make a lot of money already, but, you know, those guys that put in that much work just want to see their hard work get put into value, and that's – I don't love that Bell and Zeke and Melvin now are doing it. I understand it because running backs get the shit knocked out of them day in and day out. Um, So it's always good to have a a handcuff and fantasy. Um, But Zach, before I let you go, I want to ask you about your Packers. Okay. Where do you see... Aaron Rod- this is not, I mean, kind of a fantasy question, more so just general NFL. Rodgers has kind of been, you know, people freaking out about the Madden ratings, which the initial rat- Madden ratings to me don't mean anything. They're so different by the end of the year. But where do you see him finishing? Because I personally think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever watched play with my own eyes. Um, I I think he is a better player than Tom Brady. There's... I always try to explain to people that there's difference in my eyes between a winner and a player. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just talented. Uh, how do you feel about him? And do you, do you think the new coach comes in and, you know, he has a little bit more respect and they play a little bit better? I just, I just want to see what, like, a Packers perspective on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 
I want to start with, I appreciate your Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers analysis, because I could go off for an hour on Tom Brady, uh, because Aaron Rodgers, like you said, is the most talented quarterback in the league. Tom Brady's not close to him in talent, no. but if you talk about best, like legacy, obviously, zero, it's not even close. Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time, if you look at legacy, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's very much system. In New England. It helps a little bit. (laughs) A little bit, uh, considering Matt Castle led them to, I think, 10 wins. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I've gone on some hot takes saying Tom Brady's not a top 15 quarterback in terms of talent in the NFL, and I've Mm -hmm. received a lot of flack for that. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, I see it by it. But Aaron Rodgers, I love and hate Aaron Rodgers, and that's been the case his entire career because I was – a huge Brett Favre fan still. I am. He's my favorite player. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, most talented player. He had, they didn't control him and he wasn't disciplined under McCarthy's regime at all. Uh, and I, it's going to be tough to get him to learn respect at this point in his career. And I don't think he'll respect Matt LaFleur very much. However, I think Aaron Rodgers has something to prove with all these negative reports coming out about him in the offseason. So I think he is at least going to dial it back. His biggest problem is going to be with these receivers, quite honestly. All of his friends, you could call them, are mm-hmm. gone. He doesn't trust any of them. And hopefully, hopefully somebody steps up as a receiver because no one knew how to run a route last year or for the past five, six years, really. We didn't have a wide receiver coach on the roster for a while, um, or on staff. Wow, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mike McCarthy had a quarterback coach, also try to be a wide receiver coach. Um, Yeah, he's great. (laughs) (laughs) But um, last year, it was just a disaster, because he didn't respect head coach. He had three rookie running back, or wide receivers, who didn't know what they were doing. He had a running back who was talented that couldn't block. It was a nightmare all over. So I think he'll finish fine. I think he'll be good. He'll try to do too much and lose a game at some point. But th- 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 that's just what it is. He's going he's gonna to win a game, too. He's going to win three, four games off of something half lucky, half crazy, you know? Yeah. That's just Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, I will say he does – Force the issue an awful lot, but I've also never watched a player, you know, when it's teams gives the ball back to the Packers with under two minutes and everyone just sits back and, all right, it's all right, we got the win now. Aaron Rodgers has the ball, two minutes. Uh, he's just tremendous in that. Right. I mean, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, no other sport, you know, no closer in baseball and no shooter in basketball that I've ever watched do I have more faith in in the last two, three minutes than. Aaron Rodgers. I uh last thing about the Packers. I and then I'll let you go. I think the Packers have the potential if their rookies can step up. And uh I will put this in there. I think Rashawn Gary might have been the biggest reach outside of like a Clellan Farrell in the draft. I mean, Rashawn Gary's crazy athletic. I mean, just in that aspect, just one of the craziest in the NFL right now. But he basically had no production in college. So it worries me a little bit going up against NFL linemen, but the Packers' defense is, I think, being wildly overlooked at right now. You have a few great um, young cornerbacks. 
You got Darnell Savage this year. Didn't you guys sign um the safety from Chicago? I am blanking on his name right now. Uh, Amos, yeah, Adrian Amos. Oh my gosh, maybe the best safety last year. One of the one of the better safeties in the NFL. Right. And you guys added pieces to the defensive line, regardless of Daniels um, being cut. I. What do you think about this Packers defense? Because I look at it from a Browns perspective, perspective, and think, I mean, they have a chance to be good, and they get to play the Vikings and the Lions twice a year, which could help boost their confidence too. I, I don't know. What do you think about them? Uh, assuming everybody stays healthy, which has been a, been a big issue with the defense, especially in recent years, and I'm a big believer in Mike Patton. If the defense does not play well this year and they're healthy, it's solely on Pettin because he's gotten exactly what he wants in this defense. Rashawn Gary, I hated the pick initially. I was with you. I, he didn't produce in college. You can be as much of a freak in the weight room as you want, but if you can't do it on the field, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But the thing with him is he can play any spot on the front seven as can absolutely everybody they brought in. So what the Packers are going to do is they have five, six defensive line and linebacker packages that they're going to rotate throughout the entire game. And that's the reason why we got rid of Daniels, unfortunately, because obviously he saved $8 million. But he was locked into a spot, and now we have like Dean Laurie, we have Kenny Clark in the middle. But we have both of the uh, Browns that we brought in. We have Rashawn Gary. They all can play every single end and outside backer spot, and they're just going to rotate throughout the entire game. And we have a million different packages. It's going to be extremely fun to watch. And if Penton has got it going and he's in the offensive coordinator's head, they, they can be extremely good. But, yeah, I mean, we got to get our corners to stay healthy first and foremost, and hopefully linebackers do something. We need a pass rush. And with Clay Matthews out, I think that helps a lot. I think we were trying to rely on him a little too much, and he's one of the most overrated players in the league, quite honestly. <laughs> I would agree. Um, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, he's just not very good. He was he was a good pass rusher early in his career, but that was about it. I think he with him, it's just a, a fun story. It's kind of like Noah's. I don't know if you follow baseball, but it's kind of like Noah Syndergaard, and you know he has some dominating flashes. And they just look cool. They're jacked. They got the long hair. You know, they're in commercials, that type of feel to it. But, yeah, I I agree with you that the Packers defense has all the potential to be, I mean, super fun to watch. Darnell Savage is just one of those guys that can be all over the field. Um, kind of, I not anywhere close to Earl Thomas, but that Earl Thomas kind of, yeah, I, I know I can't throw it between the hashes because Savage is on the field. and Right. Yeah, do you have anything else, like anything at all you want to cover fantasy-related or just NFL in general? Um, I would say just one last thing about the Packers. With that $8 million we cleared up, I don't know what they're going to do with it. But there's players still available on free agency. Eric Berry still doesn't have a dang team. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trey Boston, I mean, too. Yeah, there's people out there. So, I mean, they might add another player. I don't know. Or they might add Michael Crabtree because we don't trust our receivers. It's, you know, something like that's going to happen. And looking at the team with the most money, the Indianapolis Colts, they have so much money left to spend. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They can add two, three 
of the top players still available and not even blink. They're so they're, they're dangerous. Yeah, they play it really weird. They're doing it really well, but at the same time, I'm almost in the boat of the league's not wide open, but the Patriots are dwindling. You know, the Chiefs have an I in my opinion a very bad defense. You know, the Browns have a chance to be good in the future. The Texans are young. If I'm the Colts, personally, I would I would have went big with it, not spent all my money on Justin Houston, but some other big-time names. I, I don't know how you think about that. I mean, it's smart to save money and do it the right way, but sometimes I think you just got to microwave it. You know, Andrew Lux had a bad injury before. He's playing well, maybe the best he's ever played. Do you think it would have been smart for the Colts to maybe try and spend some more money and go after it, or do you think it's smarter to just play the long long game like this, kind of like the Celtics do? <laughs> yeah, like the Celtics do. Because uh, that worked well for them. Yeah, it, it was great. Perfect. <laughs> they they trust the process and it worked. <laughs> but um, they, they must think that their defense is a year away. That's the only thing I can think of. They were extremely young, la- young last year and still mm-hmm. very good. And then I think they drafted like 11 defensive players this year. So they really committed to it. They must think they're a year away. I thought they were going to pursue like an Adamic and Sue and players like that to really fortify their defense and destroy people quite honestly with their defense. But they yeah, they didn't do it. I don't know. And so they gave ten million dollars to Devin Funches just for fun, basically. Um, <laughs> I I did not understand that one, I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea. I don't know why you would pay him and then I don't know why you would you would pay him that much for just one season. It made no sense. I, yeah. I they had money. They had money. That's all it is. They just gave it to him. Yeah, they and if, you know, they could be doing, trying to look at something like the Browns where, you know, the Browns had a lot of cap space. They, you know, John Dorsey thinks it's their time. They went out and spent it all. And if that's how you do it, I mean, however, you, every GM has their little ways of doing things. And the Colts are just, play, Bauer's just playing it slower. I, uh, son of a gun, I was going to ask you something. Oh, the Colts wide receiver. I cannot. I don't know his name. I wouldn't be able to guess it if I had a gun to my head. He's the star, star the, receiver. No, no, not Ty. The Clemson kid that tore his ACL, I believe, in training camp last year. Would you know who I'm talking about if I said that? Um, I I don't know. Uh, I was going to ask you if you thought he was, you know, maybe a deep sleeper to pick up off the waiver wires, but he didn't Is even that get Chester a, Rogers or no? Oh, it might be. Maybe. I don't know. Everybody on that team, the entire Colts team, it, it's tough because honestly, they have eight. They literally have eight targets from last season that are unaccounted for, which means everybody is back from the passing game. On top of that, they added Devin Funches. They drafted Paris Campbell from Ohio State, and they get Jack Doyle back at tight end, who missed like half the year. So they have so many options and no targets from last year that are available. So everybody's going to go down in value. So in terms of sleepers on the Colts, I just don't think anybody's going to have enough opportunity to be a sleeper. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I don't know how I got off topic and started talking about the Colts, but that's, I mean, that's <laughs> truly a great answer. It's just, I, if 
you could pick an offensive line for fantasy. I'd definitely say pick the Colts, but I don't know. Definitely can't. Yeah, do they, that. they've done a good job there. They, they're so, it's just super solid. I, it's incredible to watch. But uh, Zach, do you have a, any more things you want to talk about? Things that you might have thought of in the last three minutes since I asked. Um, I would say I just started the new fantasy or the fantasy football Twitter for Flurry Sports like two days ago or something like that. Okay. If people, if you are playing playing fantasy football this year and want any kind of exclusive information, fun information, my rankings and stuff, I'd follow at Flurry Sports FF on Twitter. Um, there's going to be a bunch of cool stuff there that me and a couple other people are going to work on for exclusively to Twitter. Otherwise, FlurrySports.org is my website and my rankings, my draft kit. Everything's going to be there as well as other places, but everything I ever do, you can find it at FlurrySports.org. Awesome. That's FlurrySports.org and on Twitter at FlurrySportsFF. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. All right. I'll make sure I, you know, to be honest, I think some people, when I ask, is that all, might zone off, but we have a pretty good rate of listening to the last second, but I'll make sure I get those on Twitter because I did follow your fantasy sports page that you just started a few days ago and um i'll make sure everyone gets and follows that because guys if you're if you're playing fantasy football you definitely want to be following it um but yeah zach thank you for uh thank you for hopping on the show man yeah no problem this was fun thank you